most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast, where every Friday, myself, Chris Raybon, and Sean Kerner speak to everybody out there clocking them late night DFS hours as we break down the Sunday night football DFS slate and the Monday night football DFS slate. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, I'm pumped to go watch the the Raiders Rams with you tonight. See the uh, fantasy football MVP himself and Josh Jacobs. Oh yeah, is uh, <laughs> do you still have him ranked number one or? Hell yeah, I am not budging with that. Yeah, I think he's consensus number two, but oh. he's like a point ahead of every other running back for me. So yeah, I don't I don't he, know what's going. Yeah, on. who's number one? Uh, I believe it is Austin Eckler. Oh, no, that's that's pretty good. Um, I saw Jacobs picked up a quad injury, so I added 50 yards to his uh, rushing projection. <laughs> Seems to be the uh, the more injured he gets, the better he gets. So he's not fooling me this time. Yeah, no Aaron Donald. So that, that run defense isn't even as strong as yeah. uh, normally is. But we digress. Uh, let's get into the Sunday Night Football slate, which is Miami Dolphins going to – LA going to SoFi and uh, they'll be playing here. They're three and a half point favorites on the road. The total is 51. The freaks come out at night. So who are you going with to have a freak performance in the captain spot? I'm going with uh, Justin Herbert here. Um, you know, it looks like Mike Williams could return this week, which would be the first time all season Justin Herbert will have all of his weapons at his disposal. Uh, plus, this should be, you know, a shootout. You said the total is 51 and a half now. Um, should be a pass-heavy game script um, for the Chargers here. They're, you know, they're, they're facing a pass-funnel defense. The Dolphins rank 23rd against the pass in DVOA and 9th against the run. Um, so they're just going to lean on Herbert here. And we've actually seen him um, uses rushing ability a, li- a little bit more the past few weeks. You know, he had that rib injury earlier in the season, so I think that definitely limited his mobility. He wasn't scrambling as much, but he's cleared 15 or more rushing yards in the last, you know, past three of four games. Um, so, you know, he is locked and loaded as a, you know, top five quarterback this week. Um, and I think this is the perfect spot to use him as a captain because he has so many weapons. He's going to be able to spread it around. That That makes more sense. Uh, to use a quarterback in the captain slot when that's the case. Yeah, I like it. I, you know, Herbert, you know, they, they play a lot of man coverage in Miami, so he's going to get some, you know, some opportunities for big plays with all those guys healthy now. So it uh, should be a should be a relatively high-scoring game. Uh, the total's been sitting there above 50. And remember, it's a low-scoring year. I think the average total <laughs> this year is 43.8, uh, which is down yeah. a little bit from – what we've seen the past few years. So the fact that this total is is chilling above 50 
Uh, no, no real weather concerns, obviously. So should be a should be a good one for fantasy DFS. Uh, I am going with Tyreek the freak. <laughs> have a freak performance. I mean, come on, come on now. Yeah, uh, no, I. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the kind of the obvious guy, but I love the matchup here because again, LA plays the fewest, uh, the lowest rate, excuse me, of zone coverage in the league, and. Tyreek Hill is sixth in the entire league in yards per route run versus man coverage. I mean, he's great against all coverages, but <laughs> obviously he can just run away from, from defenders and man coverage. Some of the Chargers switch it up, but he's also great against zone. But either way, if they do play man, uh, just I'm just salivating here with Tyreek. Uh, love the bounce back spot. And, you know, he's had a bunch of these just, you know, 10-catch game, 150-yard games. So, especially on DraftKings, he could get you that three-point bonus, you know, just a, a lot of different – he could get you the full, you know, the full PPR. You could get 10 extra points uh, per reception. So, I, I really like Tyreek uh, this week. Like Tua as well, though, kind of which uh, going along with your Herbert call, uh, Tua's got a lot of weapons too and a uh, good matchup for him. And some re- for some reason, Sharps just seem to be hammering the Dolphins. I don't – quite get it um you know it was the the line is i think we tracked 14 sharp moves on the the dolphins and the line you know went past three three and a half at at a lot of books now so i guess people are expecting a bounce back for uh for tua so i I wouldn't hesitate to play him in the captain spot either yeah i'm obviously not going to argue against tyreek hill he has (laughs) the clearest path to a ceiling game here that's what we're looking for in the cap slot he has Six games of more than 140 receiving yards. He's pretty good at football. Pretty good. Uh, and Jalen Waddle's yeah. banged up, so you know he could see even more targets. Yeah, Waddle is practicing, so hopefully it's not uh, yeah. that serious. But uh, I, I think that kind of plays into your dart throw. So he got. <laughs> Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a you know a cornhole man myself. Yeah, so I'm going with Trent Sherfield here from the Dolphins. And he's been their clear number three wide receiver. Um, you know, he typically runs route on 70% of Tua's dropbacks. Doesn't matter much. This is a very top-heavy offense. You know, Tua is going to be targeting Tyreek and Waddle very heavily when they're both healthy. But, you know, Sherfield was able to break loose for a 75-yard touchdown catch last week. So when teams, you know, overcommit to both of these uh, top two stud receivers, um, it could open things up for Sherfield. So, you know, Jalen Waddle, he's returned to practice, but he could be somewhat limited. Um, either way, I think Sherfield's the way to go here. Chargers rank 14th in DVO against number one receivers, second against number two receivers, and 30th against all of the receivers. So uh, it probably doesn't matter, but it probably also doesn't hurt Sherfield. So again, on a site like this with just a bunch of elite options, um, he is certainly my favorite dart throw from the Dolphins side. And then the Chargers side, again, we're scraping at the bottom of the barrel here. I think... You know, it's hard to consider most Charger players a dart throw, but he is certainly one. Um, and he is the clear number two back right now. I mean, he dominated any snaps that didn't go to Austin Eckler last week. He saw seven carries for 30 yards. Um, so, you know, sometimes the Chargers do like to get the backup involved to kind of limit Eckler, at least in short yard situations. So this is a game where maybe Kelly sneaks in for a goal line score. That's really what we're rooting for here. So on the Chargers side, it's it's pretty thin when it comes to dart throw options, but I think Kelly's the way to go. Yeah, it looked like he kind of got eased in in his first game back. Mm-hmm. He split work with the Spiller, and then last game, you pretty much didn't see Spiller at all. So 
it's always been tough to peg this charger backfield one week to the next, but I think they kind of decided on Kelly a, a few weeks back and then he got hurt, but yep. it seems like they're, they're still trying to roll with him as the back as the main backup. Uh, I'm going with Mike Gusecki on the dolphins and he is a dart throw because he only ran around on 22% of the dropbacks last week and had that drop that pretty much, you know, ended the, the dolphins hopes the, that the, the review play, but when I'm looking at this matchup and, and you kind of mentioned it, it's tough. Both of these teams, it's kind of tough. They're, they're very top heavy, but mm-hmm. Gasecki's third on the dolphins in targets against man coverage. And it's not really that close. So I, I think they may ask him to, you know, try to win against a linebacker safety a, a couple of times here. And I think you may see his role expand for this game. And the Chargers are also 23rd in DVOA against tight ends. For what it's worth, I know Gasecki is kind of more of a glorified slot receiver, so I don't know how much that actually comes into play, but I, I do think the matchup's good here, and uh, I do think that uh, his role will expand again, and we should, you know, see people kind of off of him after. He really hasn't been productive all year. I mean, that whatever that happened in the preseason, and they were talking about he needed to play better in this offense or, you know, play block better to play a role in this offense, that was a – definite warning sign red flag and uh yeah he hasn't panned out at all but uh i throw a dart at him in this in this matchup yeah that, no it makes sense because you know I, I was right to kind of move him outside my top 20 when those reports were coming out that you know he just wasn't a good fit for this scheme uh they were even considered trading him um you know he struggled because of that but he's very talented he's one of the better pass catching tight ends in the league so yeah if he gets opportunities here he'll cash in do you have any clue why he only ran around twenty two percent of the time last week. Was it was he blocking? Was it an injury? I haven't seen like what happened That's a to that. Good but question. I can ch- let me check his blocking. And Durhan Smythe, um, while you look that up, um, I mean he almost doubled the routes run. He had thirty eight percent last week, and he is actually on the injury report. He got um, banged up last week. He's limited with it looks like a quad and knee injury. So I mean, if he's ruled out, we could see Gasecki go up towards you know like sixty five percent routes run rate. And if he ever gets there, you know, then I'm interested. But um, that that's just a huge red flag as he said he only ran right 22% of the time last week. So, yeah, I think I see. I think I know what's going on here. Uh, he did not. He Yeah, he only he ran. He only played nine steps. Eight of them came on pass. Not good. Uh, oh. he, he, he didn't block at all <laughs> on pass plays. But I think I, I get it. You're playing. You had no tackles. You're playing one of the best mm, yeah. defensive lines of football. You need Smythe to chip. Uh, Gusecki, yeah. again, <laughs> that was the whole issue with him in the preseason. Not a great blocker, not a great chipper. You know, he if, if he's kind of doing that, he doesn't really get into his route the same way. He's more of a mm. guy that wants to line up in the slot and, uh, you know, get that free release right into his route. So, uh, yeah, that, make, that makes perfect sense given the matchup. But the Chargers, you know, Joey Bosa, I haven't seen him in months now. So Chargers aren't getting the same kind of pressure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do think that you'll, you know, maybe you don't see him go back up to like 70%, but right. I, I could see, you know, the uh, the fifties or even the sixties for him. This would kind of go back to his normal role. Yeah. Especially if Armstead uh, returns this week, obviously Austin Jackson's out. He's on the yeah. hour, but uh, if Armstead returns, that would make sense that they could uh, utilize Gusecki just a bit more. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's, that's a good point though. Cause if both of the tackles are ruled out uh, you might see, Smythe again and uh you know he would be worth a dart throw in that scenario because he would get he would just get more snaps uh for the chargers I I like 
So Gerald Everett's not really a dart throw, but I got to mention him. <laughs> you know, Miami plays the fourth most man coverage, as I mentioned. And uh, Everett's up at over 2.4 yards per route against man. Trails only Mike Williams on the team. So I think he has a a, a great matchup in this spot. The uh, Miami Dolphins are 29th in DVOA against tight ends. But uh, and for a true dart throw, I think <laughs> a, a pivot is stone smart. Uh, he is kind of playing over Trey McKitty these days. I know they designated uh, Parham to return, but I think mm. if Parham comes back, they might just deactivate Richard Rodgers. Who's, they've been activating four tight ends uh, and uh, and only four wide receivers. So uh, I think Smart is going to continue to get playing time here. And he ran around on 23% of the dropbacks last week. That was up from 11% the week before. So it almost doubled. And you know, he's only seen four targets this year so far. He's only played in a couple games, but three of them have come against man coverage. And remember, most defenses are only playing man, you know, 20, 30% of the time. So the fact that they've gone to him a few times uh, in single coverage tells me that he could play a factor, uh, play a role in this game because Miami loves to blitz and uh, you're going to get some single coverage uh, for your receivers, pass catchers, tight ends, all those guys. So uh, Stone Smart is my dart throwing that. Also, great name. Great name. Yes, exactly. And we uh, we have some quality fullbacks on this slate, I might add. Yeah. Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? Oh, look at the fullback. Down the sideline. We're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullback straight again. Alec Ingold is ranked higher than like a, a bunch of actual running backs. <laughs> <My ranking. Yeah. laughs> I, was, I had to do a double take. I was like, wait, Alec Ingold is RB58? Is, is he kind yep. of check? Well, there's like 14 teams on a bye this week, but yeah. Yeah. Still, 58 is pretty good for a fullback. Uh, but yeah, so love Ingold. You know, he's running around about 30% of the time and – you know, not that I really expect him to do a ton against man coverage, but, you know, even uh, these two teams who play man at a high rate, we're still talking about, you know, 40, 50 percent tops that they're going to play man coverage. So, uh, you know, when they get some zone, I think Ingold could catch a few balls just given how much uh, how much he's been on the field as of late. And they're going to they'll probably use keep using them because they're still having issues at, at the tackle position, as you mentioned. Mm, so Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Ingold. And what do you think about Horvath? You know, what did he score in the first? Was it the first game, second game? Uh, I believe it was like, yeah, the first game, right? And then yeah. nothing since. Um, so he's the Chargers have just so many options that I, I can't go there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, oh, weeks one and two, he scored yeah, a rushing touchdown, yeah, yep. receiving. So it was two catches, both catches. Oh, yeah, yeah, receiving touchdown, yeah. So, you know, defenses have figured that, you know, potentially they'll use him. So I'm not on him, but I, I do like Ingold. I, I consider him Kyle Kyle Juszczyk East. He is essentially that role in this offense. It's the same scheme. Plus, you know, it looks like they're using Moser a little bit more. He doesn't see as many targets as Jeff Wilson when he does run a route. Uh, neither running back really sees many targets. So that could just mean more for Ingold. Um, and yeah, he, he's... He doesn't even need a touchdown to really hit in a showdown slate. He is capable of catching three, maybe four passes. He's done it twice this year. So um, he is the rare fullback where I'm, yeah, I consider him a pretty good play. He's not even a dart throw 
in my opinion. So uh, I, anytime Ingold is on a showdown slate, I throw uh, some lineups in there with him. He's got nine targets over the past three games and eight catches. He's got two, four target games in the last three. So yep. his usage has absolutely been trending upward. Uh what about the luck rankings for this game? Luck be a lady tonight. Um, yeah, so the Dolphins are have been the ninth luckiest team and Chargers rank 18th. That's a luck ranking differential of nine. I wouldn't because I would just say cap this game straight up. There isn't a big enough gap to really say, you know, <laughs> you, you should back the Chargers here. Um, plus, you know, the, the Dolphins did have a few games without Tua. They are a much different team when Tua is healthy. So this is a game that I wouldn't suggest, you know, betting on because of the luck rankings. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because, like I said, seems to be a lot of sharp action on the Dolphins. Uh, my boy Stucky took the uh, took the Chargers in this spot. So, they're, you know, it's kind of an odd line. You know, you see the three and a half and you think people would jump on the Chargers. But, uh, you know, uh, Game from I mean, a game perspective, Eckler doesn't really need a, a positive game script, and the Dolphins are kind of platooning their two running backs anyway. Yeah, I mean, you have Corey Lindsley. I don't know if he's going to play, right? He's questionable. Um, and then you have the the rest of the right side of their line um, with Pipkins and uh, Zion Johnson are questionable. So, I mean, they could have a cluster of injuries on their offensive line. Derwin James is nicked up right now. That's never good to see. So the, it could be just, you know, initial injury report, things like that. But I agree. I think just seeing the Dolphins over three is kind of interesting here. Um, but if the Sharps are hitting that, uh, there's got to be something going on. But I haven't seen it yet. But uh, this is something I'm going to wait to kind of gauge. Like once we see the the injury report after Friday or Saturday yeah. for the Chargers, then we'll have a better idea. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers, I mean, they play the same game every time. It doesn't really matter who's hurt, who's not. It They're going to lose by three. <laughs> That's Yeah, but I mean, the offensive or, or, or line. One or two, because, you know. The you know offensive line is definitely an issue last week. <laughs> Chandler uh, Jones had a, by far the best game he's had as a Raider. He had 11 pressures. Um, so they, they do need this offensive line to have at least, you know, two of these guys uh, active. So that's that's probably what the Sharps are looking at, if I had to guess. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. 
on your mobile phone. Join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's jump to the Monday night game. got the Patriots on long rest going to Arizona to play the Cardinals on even longer rest coming off the bye. The Patriots are now favored by three with the total uh, around 44. So this line was sitting around one, one and a half, but uh, just got hit up to, to three here. And I mean, I can't really knock it. The Cardinals just don't, (laughs) play well at home for whatever reason it's hard to kind of peg i've been watching hard knocks trying to figure out like what like what is their preparation like like what is it about playing at home i mean buddha baker brought it up in the locker room after one of, i think it was a loss to mm. seattle uh, at home if i'm not mistaken but it, it, i still can't explain it but that is something to keep in mind as you're you know rostering your guys because i would kind of skew new england heavy uh or just kind of keep in mind that you know, Arizona just tends to have these duds at home for whatever reason. So uh, with that said, who do you like in the captain spot? So this is a game where I think both running backs, Ramondre Stevenson and James Conner are in play in the captain slide. It's, it's one of those games, um, but I'm going James Conner here. I think he's a little bit more under the radar. And by the way, Stevenson is where the captain play, even if Damian Harris plays like, let's be real here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going James Conner. I think he will be, um, a little bit under rostered in the captain slot, but ever since he's returned um, and they released, you know, Benjamin back in week 10, he has been a true workhorse back similar to what we saw during his amazing stretch last year when Chase Edmonds was out. Um, and he saw, you know, massive usage in week 12, right before their buy. He had 25 carries for 120 yards. Um, didn't score a touchdown, but um, he saw an 85% routes run rate. Um, so th- this should be a close game, but, he can thrive in any game script. And I love having that in the captain slot. You could build a ton of lineups around that, you know, different game scripts, you know, where the Patriots um, build a big lead or even the Cardinals do like, he's going to thrive in any kind of environment. Um, So I I love Connor. And plus, you know, just with Hollywood Brown back, DeAndre Hopkins playing well, um, you know, it could set up more red zone opportunities, potential touchdown upside for Connor as well. We haven't seen that as much this year, but um, I, I do like him in the captain slot in this game. Yeah, he's been getting all the, the usage. He must have made it, you know, Benjamin mad enough that he <laughs> something, yeah. something that he shouldn't have said to, to somebody <laughs> that he shouldn't have said it to. And uh, he finds himself on the worst team in the league now. Uh, I, I'm going with Ramondre, of course. Uh, this guy, I mean, his yeah. floor is so high. Even when he's not scoring touchdowns, he's going to catch five, six passes. Right now, I still have Damian Harris projected in to play about mm-hmm. 30% of the snaps or so. And Ramondre Stevenson still ranks as a top six uh, running back for me. So uh, if, if Harris is ruled out, Stevenson, you know, could jump up as high as, you know, two or three. He's just so good after contact. Uh, that's been big. And he's so good at catching the football. He leads the team in targets per route run. So, uh, no, you can't really go wrong here with, uh, with Ramondre 
Stevenson, regardless of what else is going on in that uh, in that Patriot backfield. And now it's harder, you know, every other Patriot, you know, like Jacoby Myers used to be a pretty reliable guy, but he's banged yeah. up and all those wide receivers are kind of platooning in and out now. It's hard to really predict. Uh, it's turning into like one of those Chicago Bears situations where it's just, you know, yeah. everyone's running the same amount of routes every game. They're just rotating everybody in. So, uh, yeah, the running backs uh, and even for Arizona, like if they have all their guys healthy, it's kind of a question mark is exactly, you know, how that's going to go. I'm guessing it mm-hmm. would just be more Brown Hopkins playing pretty much every oh, snap, yeah. but we really haven't seen that in a game yet. And if all three of them play, like that cuts into all three of their targets here. So exactly. it could yeah. be a, it could be a, a mess there. Uh, so do do like the running backs. Who do you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Yeah, so for Arizona, I'm going with Trey McBride. Um, and kind of what you were saying, uh, it's it's kind of unclear if Ronnell Moore returns this week, how the wide receiver snaps um, are going to be divvied out. Um, it, you know, it depends on how healthy Rondell Moore is. I'm assuming when he's fully healthy, it's going to be pretty clear how they uh, rotate in uh, their wide receivers. Uh, but the guy that we have no doubt um, as far as playing time is McBride. He's been averaging around 75% routes run rate since Zach Ertz went down. Now he has definitely struggled um, in the part-time role and full-time role since Ertz went down. Um, and this isn't a great matchup against the Patriots. Um, however, tight ends, we've seen this time and time again. They usually get off to a slow start as rookies. He was the top tight end prospect this year. He went in the second round for a reason. He missed most of camp. He missed, I think, the entire preseason. So coming out of a bye, you know, he, he's probably going to be, you know, starting to break out at this point in the season. So, you know, this could be a time we see him, you know, pop for two, maybe four catches here. Um, so I'm not expecting too much here, but just the way, you know, the Cardinals are shaping up right now, I, I think he is the best start throw on their side. And then on the Patriots side, got to go with, they're tight end as well. Hunter Henry. Uh, I don't know if he's a dart throw, but I'm going with him. Uh, his usage has definitely been on the rise. He's averaging a 75% routes run rate. The past three games, uh, he only had the one big game against the Vikings in week 12. But as long as he can maintain this usage, he has a ton of upside. Cardinals, as you know, as you like to bet on, struggle yeah. against tight ends. They rank 30th in DVOA against them now. Um, and with Jacoby Myers banged up, like you said, could lead to extra targets. Uh, for players like Henry. So, um, yeah, he, he's definitely the best dart throw, at least for now. We we don't know what's up with Jacoby Myers or how they're going to rotate the receivers. Um, so for right now, I think Henry's the best best way to go here. Yeah, I don't think it matters. I mean, the Cardinals have, against tight ends have been pretty much the shortest thing in football <laughs> this year. Uh, they're giving up a league-high 6.9 catches to the tight end position, a league-high 73 yards per game. That's 13 more than the second highest, which is the Seahawks <laughs> at, at 60. I think at one point, yeah, Noah Fant was averaging like 2.4 uh, catches against everyone else but the Cardinals and five and a half against the Cardinals in two games. Like everyone just goes off against the Cardinals. You saw George Kittle do it uh, a couple weeks ago with the with the, the, the two touchdowns. Tommy Tremble got six targets. I mean, Jesus. when Tommy Tremble gets six targets, then you know it's a trend. Um, how do you think they fix this? Do do they need to spend another first round pick on a linebacker uh, next year? What do you think? I, I think it's more <laughs> schematic, like schematic. Like I don't. Yeah. You know, some of it is just 
like I was watching Hard Knocks and they said like watch out for the whatever it was the Noah Fant week out in that game against the Seahawks and the players just didn't listen it like so mm. <laughs> there's issues just with the with the players I mean they have guys that can cover uh, yeah. they have good safeties but they do like to funnel the ball to tight ends and running backs which yeah. is more inefficient for offense than you know being able to get the ball to your wide receivers so I get it but a lot of it has just been just bad plays, you know, just kind of bad low awareness and, and things like that. So, yeah. um, but at the same time, again, they they try to get the ball away from wideouts. They're always near the top of the league in DVOA against wide receivers, even though their cornerbacks might not jump off the page. So, uh, love the matchup for Henry, and uh, I'm going with Johnu Smith since you took Henry. Uh, <laughs> you know, any tight end is liable to go off against Arizona. Jody Fortson caught a touchdown against the Cardinals. Johnny Munt caught a touchdown against the Cardinals. Taysom Hill had a touchdown against the Cardinals. Juwan Johnson had a couple. Uh, mentioned Tremble with the six targets. So, you know, it can it doesn't have to even be just a top guy on the depth chart. And uh, there's been a lot of barking with Matt Jones and just a lot of talk about this offense is not running optimally. So, you know, long 10-day rest, they might make some changes, maybe go back to some things Mac Jones is more comfortable with. And they, they're paying these tight ends all this money. So, yeah. you know, they finally started using Henry more. Maybe Janu is next. And his target rate per route is 23.6%. That's actually second on the team behind Ramondre. So if he could just get him on the field, I think he can have a big game. And if they're not getting both, if they're not using heavy personnel and just – you know, doing misdirections, rolling Mac out, some play action, getting these tight end involved. And I don't really know what Matt Patricia's doing because <laughs> the, the the blueprint, it, like we've seen it time and time again yeah. against this defense. And for the Cardinal side, uh, I'm going with Keontae Ingram. And it's just, you know, kind of like uh, I like to do in these spots, you know, Connor's getting most of the usage, but – it is off a bye. They are kind of out of it in terms of the playoffs, and he's a rookie. So if there's ever going to be a spike in his usage, <laughs> I think it this would probably be the game. And, you know, who knows? Maybe you see some garbage time. Maybe yeah. New England has a really good game and just, you know, not blows the doors off the Cardinals at home, which a lot of teams do. So either way, uh, I think Ingram – is is an interesting one just because you know kind of like McBride I mean McBride's role is already kind of cemented but mm -hmm. you know Ingram maybe could pull like a James Cook or something where we've seen his role start to start to increase uh you know as, as the season wears on so uh like Ingram as a player I know you like him as well oh yeah so uh yeah free Keontae Ingram you did it you know, <laughs> oh my god I, that I hope him. so yeah, free yeah, him from mean, the James Conner, like, 98% of snaps. Like, well, Conner can play 80%. Just give Ingram, like, 20. Jesus. Sheesh. I know. Well, I have Ingram stashed in, like, almost every league right now. So, I, I'm rooting for this to happen. But, um, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is definitely playing for his job right now, right? So, I think that's one of the reasons why he'll just continue to use Conner heavily. But if Cliff gets fired, which, I mean, what are the chances of that? in the near future. I think if that happens, then we'll see Ingram um, be unleashed. But um, do you have any idea if like, we're going to see Cliff fired soon? Uh, I mean, you would think, I, you know, it, it's interesting watching. Have you watched any of the hard knocks this year? A little bit, a little bit. It's interesting. He's like, 
he doesn't strike me as like an idiot or anything like that. Like some people give him a really bad reputation, but he's just one of those dudes that he always seems like you never have his full attention span. Like he's always preoccupied with the next thing. Mm. So he's never like, you know how Belichick will get like rip into a guy and like coach and like explain things. Like Cliff is just like, oh, you made a mistake. All right, next time don't make it. You know, it could just, it's never, he's never like coaching. So I I do (laughs) think he could get fired. Uh, I I think there's more issues than just him, but yeah, his leadership style probably just doesn't suit this team. I I think they need somebody that's a little more hands-on. Right. Uh, you know, to kind of to kind of put the yeah. some of the some of the things they do wrong. I mean, the continuous mistakes against the tight end, they can't win games at home, blowing leads. Like it's just one of those, it's one of those things where I, I think they just need a a different type of coach, like maybe a more veteran team. Uh, you know, Cliff would do better to do better with. Yeah. But yeah, n- not this one. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I, I'm just thinking, you know, he's playing for his job right now, so I, I don't see him like, oh, let's look ahead <laughs> to next season, get the young guys involved. Yeah. That's the that's my only point. Um, I think Keontae will still need Connor to like miss time to to become an option. But this is a showdown slate, so I, I do like him as a dart throw. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could also get, just get a running back injury. Connor, of all the guys, yeah. he's yeah, true. He's already left what two, three games this year with uh, yeah. injuries, so. Uh, yeah, that I'm going with uh, Ingram. No fullbacks on this late. New England abolished the fullback, and uh, their offense hasn't been as good. <laughs> so maybe they should go back to it. It's interesting. A lot of the offenses with fullbacks are some of the best offenses. Uh, in yeah, the sure. You talk about the Dolphins, the the Chargers when healthy, the uh, the Niners. So. I mean, John is like a borderline fullback at this point. Unfortunately, oh, you get some. Man. Get some rush attempts. Man, what a shame for him just rotting behind Hunter Henry right now. You know, it's nuts. They don't have a fullback, and they don't even have a third tight end on the roster. So it's not yeah. like – usually you would expect a second tight end to to be productive when you right. don't even have a third guy because anytime Henry gets nicked up, John has got to go in. Anytime oh, they need a double tight end, you know, it's you can't never go with the third guy. Anytime you're in a goal line, it's – you know, it, it's just weird that – uh they're paying him 25 25 million a year give me yeah. a break i mean that ever since brady left it's kind of exposed a lot of things with that like it's not mm-hmm. as smooth as we think it is uh you know that that patriots front office but uh the what are the luck rankings saying for this one uh it's it's so close uh the patriots are 21st cardinals are 22nd so play it straight up Although it is interesting that the the Cardinals are plus three now, I didn't realize that until we went on air. Um, what do you think about that though? Yeah, I I don't bet the Cardinals at home. Like that's just the rule of mine. Like it's oh. tempting. It's probably the right side, but that's, man, like it's the numbers are just insane. It's just like auto, It's like almost as insane as their uh, the tight end issues. It's like at yeah. home they 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 somehow fail to cover and. When they go on a road, they usually do cover, even if they don't necessarily win. So right. let me see. What is, what is their number? Well, it's minus one and a half now. Where are you seeing the three? Or did uh, it I saw the three maybe down? like half hour before we oh, went on. It's 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 been jumping around. So maybe uh yeah. maybe maybe it got hit once it hit three, which would make sense. Um yeah, they're 12 and 18 against the spread under Kingsbury at at home. And that's that's because mm. they've actually gone they're 500 against the spread this year. So before that, they were mm. nine and 15. But yeah, they're just not a team I would trust uh, 
at home, especially, you know, Belichick coming off a, a bye, Belichick coming off a, a, a loss. Usually his teams tend to play well in those spots, which is probably why it got up to three in the first. But see, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to be on a Cardinals. I'm probably going to be on some type of Hunter Henry prop in that game oh nice yeah that seems I, that's what i did when I, I you know we one of us writes up the primetime game on actionnetwork.com so i think for that that mexico game i think like, you know what i'm not gonna take a side in this game <laughs> i don't, I don't want to weigh points with the niners but i'm definitely not betting the cardinals here so i just took yeah. uh george Kittle prop and uh well, makes sense but uh, that is going to do it for the week 14 fantasy flex night shift podcast you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. And you can find us at those same handles at the free award-winning Action Network app to find uh, two of the most accurate rankers in the game's fantasy rankings. Head over to actionnetwork.com. You can also view the rankings in the app as well. And if you're looking for more great content, be sure to check out our full player projections episode, which is out now over on the Action Network podcast channel and we got our fantasy preview episode where we break down the main slate right here on this channel also don't forget to check out news and waivers fantasy flex every monday from samantha praviti and mike triplet until next time let's get this money